Hi, this is Jason. Before we hop into this week's episode of the Speak With People podcast, I want to make sure you knew about two exciting opportunities. The first is, have you heard about our healthy communication skills training program for your company or organization? This is an opportunity for you to invest and build in the communication culture of your organization. When you do, we know and we have seen that staff morale, staff unity, go through the roof and you'll be able to deepen your customer and client relationships by building a healthy and strong communication culture. The second is this. We're in this series called How to Tell a Really Good Story. We have a free gift for you. If you just go to speakwithpeople.com slash really good story, there's a free download that will help you walk through how you can tell a really good story. Now, Get ready for this week's episode of the Speak With People podcast. Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Reitz, and I'm so excited that you are joining us today. At Speak With People, we believe that healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and your leadership. So whether you are communicating one-on-one, to a team, from a stage, from a screen, we really hope that our time today encourages you, challenges you, inspires you to breathe life into your world with your communication. Well, before we hop into today's uh, exciting end to this incredible series we've been in with a great guest, I just want to ask you a question. Where do you turn to help grow your communication skills? Have you ever thought about investing and hiring and bringing on a coach to help keep you accountable and help you to improve your communication skills, whether you communicate one-on-one to a team from a stage or from a screen? If you have, check out speakwithpeople.com slash coaching. We have different coaching packages available for the different levels of communication that you may be a part of. All right. Well, we are in our very last week of this series, How to Tell a Really Good Story. If you've missed any uh, week of the series, just head to wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can go to speakwithpeople.com slash podcast or to our YouTube channel and catch up on all of them. And today we finish with a look and how do we craft uh, irresistible stories? Like, how do, we, how do we write in a way that people will really want to listen, will really want to read, will really want to be engaged? And that kind of writing would be exciting, wouldn't it? I mean, when, if maybe you write a weekly newsletter or a monthly newsletter or you're writing something to your company or to your family. Wouldn't it be something if they're just excited to get, you know, your writing from you? So today we're going to unlock, hopefully unlock, we're going to dive into this, this idea and, and the magic of storytelling through writing and the art of weaving narratives and, and leave our readers hungry for more. So whether you're a budding author, a seasoned storyteller, uh, we can't wait to kind of unveil some of these secrets and dive deep into this. And today we are joined by author Joshua Rutherford. He is a screenwriter turned fiction storyteller. He has uh, many books on Amazon, and it's just such an honor to have him on the podcast. Joshua, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Jason. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Love having you here. Hey, before we hop into the conversation, maybe you could just give us a little, give our listeners a little more of your story, who you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So I've been a writer for a while now. And uh, as you alluded to, I started off uh, more in the film industry or more in that world, so to speak. Uh, that's what I studied in college, uh, film and video. And after college, I had aspirations to be a filmmaker, specifically a screenwriter. Mm. So I went down that path, started writing screenplays, entered some screenplay competitions, and uh, you know, kept uh, going at it. And then uh, the Great Recession hit. And that really, <laughs> not to date myself, but that really kind of threw a wrench into uh, many of my plans uh, for many reasons. Uh, and I kept chugging along with uh, screenplays, but ultimately I found that it, it was a tad 
unsatisfying because my audience was always a audience of one, like mm. a producer or a literary manager. So then I transitioned to writing novels and short stories, and I haven't looked back since. Wow. That is, uh, that's really exciting. So this is a little bit of a tangent. So sorry, this wasn't in the kind of some of the questions I prepared, but I'm always fascinated to ask writers or copyright. What, what do you think that like the wave of AI is going to do to the writing world? Oh, you know, that's a great question. Um, I believe I've heard this like recycled or repeated, um, through articles and posts on AI. I think I'm being optimistic here and hopeful. I think that will create more opportunity mm. versus less in the writing world. And the reason for that is because AI, I, I just don't foresee it deviating from standards and practices that are kind of inherent with, let's say, corporate communications or with standard communications. Yeah. I think um, it will be challenging um, <laughs> because AI will probably be better at, say, things like grammar. Uh, right. But creative writers, um, I think will really flourish in this time because that is how we will stand apart. That's how mm. we'll present voices that have not been made available up until now. I love that. I love it. Okay. So kind of dive into your personal journey with us as experiences as a storyteller, what kind of initially drew you in to the world of stories and storytelling and writing? Oh, goodness. Uh, so much. Um, I would say probably, and going way, way back, um, I've always been a reader, and I've always been drawn to stories. Uh, it, it's just something that has always really captivated me yep. and, you know, has really kind of pulled me in. So from a very young age, um, I was a bookworm. You know, I, I, I love reading and everything. And from yeah. there, I can always just imagine myself within the stories. And uh, kind of nearing kind of young adulthood and uh, middle school and high school and then in college, uh, I really wanted to be a part of the storytelling process of putting myself out there and really telling a narrative that was near and dear to my heart. And that's when I started experimenting with writing my own stories and, you know, where I thought, you know, possibly putting stories on the big screen and now putting stories uh, on a Kindle or <laughs> on a book. Uh, yeah. yeah, so kind of just naturally and organically kind of progressed uh, out of my curiosity. Hmm. So so diving into your personal life a little bit, was it your parents or was there an influence early on that you think helped cause you to be a bookworm or was it just this natural, you know, fascination and draw to books? I'd say it was probably more natural. Um, I'm an introvert by nature. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was no uh, influence within my social circle within my family and friends that uh, really kind of pushed me towards this. I just gravitated towards it on my own. I mean, uh, no writers to speak of in my family. Uh, three of my four best friends from high school who I still keep in touch with are actually computer engineers. So there's no, uh, there's not a lot of creative influence in my yeah. circle, but probably that absence of a creative like influence or structure, maybe that's what led me uh, kind of in retrospect towards uh, more creative industry or towards uh, more creative processes, because it was something that was uh, not common in my yeah. world it was foreign to me and something that I just had an innate curiosity and being an introvert, reading a lot, um, writing is just something that really had a pull on me. Mm. So 
again, one more question, because uh, I'm just always so curious to ask leaders and communicators and writers now as a parent, you know, you've, you've got elementary age uh, kids. Is there anything that you do, you know, or have done to inst instill reading in them? Or, you know, I'm, I've, I know we've got lots of parents who, uh, who listen to the podcast and we're always looking for good parenting advice when it comes to putting good skills, you know, uh, for our kids. So wondering if there's anything you do with, with your kids when it comes to reading. I'd say, uh, and this is probably very common, but of course, uh, nighttime reading, bedtime reading is yep. uh, definitely something uh, that I do. And it's something um, not only that I do, but I really look forward to. And part of that is comes from being a writer, of course, but also just being a parent because it, it just, it's a time where everything just, time seems to like really mm. slow down and just say stop when I'm reading with my kids. And especially, um, you know, now that they're both in elementary school, they're kind of progressing from say picture books to actually reading out loud, just watching that. I mean, um, honestly, I'd probably get more out of that than they do <laughs> at this point. In this because they're still at that like really great age where like their own curiosity is blossoming. So, uh, yeah, definitely, um, kind of, uh, integrating reading more into their lives is something that is uh just progressing uh just a few weeks ago they got their very own library cards which was uh, a big milestone. so uh yeah yep. uh that tradition will continue yeah oh, i love that and thank you for that encouragement to parents because i don't i don't really i mean it seems like it should be that common but i talk with lots of parents and you know uh more need to be able to do that so thanks for that advice that's really great so in, in your experience, you know, you've been around uh, writing and storytelling and what kind of sets apart, you know, the kind of story that's just irresistible with just kind of a merely good one? You know, where, what, what kind of, why is there such a gap in sometimes in the stories and what are some elements that just really make a really good story? Oh, goodness, that's a great question. And honestly, um, when that question does come up, I'll... Uh, be truthful. I have a different answer every time because it's something <laughs> that I'm continuously revisiting yes. uh, in my taste as a reader and also in my abilities as a writer. And, uh, you know, certainly now I can say that uh, making a story irresistible, I mean, it comes down to uh, uh, many ingredients, but some of those key ingredients uh, certainly um, that I find is universality. Um, especially with like themes, uh, things that people can relate to, uh, your common themes like love, um, hate, um, you know, and then you can kind of go into the genres. I write fantasy and science fiction. So certainly, uh, having, uh, common things like, or elements like action adventure and uh, romance, you know, kind of intertwined with say quests and odysseys, making all that, uh, kind of readily available uh, within the story. And then I would also say uh, definitely um, something that I integrate to try to pull a reader into the story is world building. Mm -hmm. And that, that's not limited to science fiction or, um, or to fantasy. And a lot of people will attribute to that. But really, um, you know, some of the best writers that I've read, um, you know, if they're writing, say, a story about where they grew up, kind of really being pulled into that, and, you know, kind of experiencing that fictional or non-fictional environment. Um, and then with that kind of the characters just like organically just will have yeah. uh, their own, uh, let's say dialect or own way of saying things. Um, I think really kind of um, uh, inputting that uniqueness and that mm -hmm. originality 
um, is something uh, that is essential to kind of pulling, um, yeah, a reader in. So definitely in terms of universality and world building, and then also having that personal connection, those are the things that I try to integrate within my writing. Oh, I love that. I have a, one of my, one of our kids is 21 and he is a just giant science fiction. Uh, I mean, he's just always reading. So he's, he's, I mean, it's just hundreds of books that he just dives into. And uh, I've asked him some of the times, you know, some of these questions and just what you said, like he, he talked about some of those elements just to be able to pull them in as you're writing, as you're kind of getting that together, when you, when you start to create those characters, how do you create characters that resonate, you know, deeply with, with the people who, you know, are going to read, like what's your process in, in the sort of, you know, coming up with those characters and, and breathing life into them? Yeah, well, uh, I'd say probably a, a integral part of my process, especially now, um, uh, you know, that I've written a few books and have them under my belt is um, like, for instance, uh, in the series I'm working on now, um, I'm in the middle of identifying who is creating a problem and who's solving a problem. Mm. And, and oftentimes they can be one in the same character, <laughs> depending on where they are in their lives. Right. Uh, but also uh, kind of that really uh, gets me into a problem solving mentality mm. uh, that uh, really forces me to think, okay, why would a character do this? Or what is compelling them? What's their motivation here to either, you know, go down this uh, bad path or to find a solution and go down and redeem themselves and find a good path. So uh, certainly kind of uh, really, uh, that's kind of like a thought process I'm continually engaged with. Um, it kind of moves beyond just kind of the general themes of the narrative and the, you know, the outline that I do and everything and really gets into the nitty gritty about what the character is doing and how much I can capture that on the page. And I think that's really something that I try to bring out within uh, my stories and mm. really kind of pull the audience in. So, so the problem, I mean, we're like wired, right. To want to be able to solve problems. So boy, that's yeah. such a great, great place that you bring up to be able to uh, speak into that. Uh, so when it comes to like the plot and, and, you know, how to be able to, keep it all together. When you write, do you know what the end already is in sight and you're building towards it? Or is it something that, you know, inspiration happens and you kind of write as you go? I, I'd love to just kind of dip into your process a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've experimented with both, both writing from inspiration mm -hmm. and then having also uh, very structured um, outlines when it comes to my stories. Uh, in the franchise I'm doing now, the Four Point Chronicles, um, that is definitely very structured because it's stretched out or uh, expands uh, over six books. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm on book three right now. So I definitely need to know where I'm going with all this. Right. Uh, but then, <laughs> I also uh, write from inspiration as well, too. I'm currently doing a short, let's say a longer short story in which I kind of flex those muscles as well, too, where I have a vague idea of where the story's going, but I also am just really having a lot of fun with just uh, working with my inspiration and seeing where that takes me and to see if I'm going to meet my threshold of award count or far exceed that. And spoiler alert, it looks like it's going to be the latter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So a six part, I mean, series, that's, you know, how, how do you get through that? I'm, I'm currently, I'm, 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 not, I'm not a published author. So I love asking published authors because I'm currently working on book number one and, you know, it's taking me forever <laughs> to get through it. You know, how do you, 
are there any rhythms or habits that you have that just kind of keep you in sync? Uh, is it just you write kind of when you feel like it or, you know, I mean, six books, what, what's kind of your, you know, <laughs> how do you get through that? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I would say that process has definitely evolved. Mm. Um, I would, uh, can honestly say book one is the hardest one because that kind of sets the stage for what's going to happen the rest of the series. Yep. Um, and uh, I was definitely uh, prolifically writing book one to make sure that that was uh, set up. Well, I won't say correctly, but let's say set up enough in terms of world building and character development and everything where I felt comfortable pursuing it and subsequent books. Um, it's particular to that six book series, um, it was originally planned to be three, a trilogy, and then it turned into six because wow. honestly, as I kept adding notes and outlines and everything, it just got longer and longer, but in a good way, because I knew that there was so much of a story there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, definitely a process that has uh, just been very additive. I've just continued to uh, just uh, tap and tag along uh, more detail and uh, kind of add to it. Um, and I would say from a uh, kind of process uh, method standpoint, um, you know, especially uh, now that uh, both my kids are in school and, you know, I'm in the school year, it's September now <laughs> that this uh, uh, we're looking at, uh, I'd say uh, my cadence, my writing uh, process is uh, starting to settle more into a schedule. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I still write whenever I have my free time, of course, like I'll just kind of go for it. Uh, but then uh, on a nightly basis and certainly on the weekends, um, I'm finding I'm falling in love with that process all over again and mm. kind of really committing and recommitting to a more regular writing schedule. I love that. What do you do when you get, you get, you know, the classic writer's block, you know, when, Ooh, I can't, nothing is happening. I feel like no inspiration. Is there anything that you do to kind of reset that or to kind of keep moving? Oh, I have a bunch of things that I do. Which, uh, have, uh, let's say uh, a sliding scale of success. Um, uh, certainly some of the things uh, that have worked in my favor, um, I do meditate. Um, mm. And I do uh, try to do quick sessions of five to 10 minutes of meditation just to uh, not only clear my mind, but also so I can focus on yes. the task at hand. Um, I'll do that maybe um, in the morning before I write later on in the day, or maybe I'll do a write before I write, um, and then kind of, you know, get into it. Um, another thing I actually started doing more recently is doodling because just putting pen to paper and kind of having, you know, my hand, uh, just kind of freestyle, just kind of drawing and with absolutely no plan whatsoever. Um, I find, just very cathartic and that honestly I'll, I'll and then just kind of oftentimes leads to just a doodle that might be related to my story and that kicks off something else too um and then lastly i do journal um mm. usually when i do journal and i have writer's block i'll try to focus on something completely unrelated to my story and that just gets the wheels turning and kind of the, ju the juices flowing um and then the created creativity usually follows from there um, and then, well, and to add one more tip, uh, then if it still doesn't happen, I just read and I forgive mm. myself and then I, uh, give myself a break. And, uh, usually after reading a good book, uh, that will also kind of get things going in my mind. Wow. Those are great. It's, it's interesting, you know, more and more as we are 
more and more addicted to our devices, you know, and you do the reading of people's intention span, you know, shortening. I'm fine. I was just talking with a former uh, guest that we had on the podcast the other day about meditation and just how important it is to just be able to find some solitude, breathe a little bit and disconnect from all of the connections. Uh, so those are those are just great insights to be able to do that. Uh, so could you give uh, maybe some tips to some of the kind of novice writers out there who maybe aren't sitting down to write a book, but they really do want to improve their writing, make their monthly email, you know, more irresistible. They want to add stories more in, you know, some of the things that they're a part of a any, any, you know, kind of that early on, any of those one-on-one tips that you would give to, you know, writers who want to improve and become better storytellers. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say probably uh, some of the tips, uh, well, uh, to start off with, um, don't be afraid of writing, of just starting in small pieces. Mm. Uh, some of the things I oftentimes hear is, you know, writers wanting to tackle the great American novel, um, but because they are, let's say, skeptical or um, apprehensive about taking on such a large project, they can't even get a word on a page just right. to begin. So uh, definitely small pieces, small chunks just to start. Um, it's just very rewarding intrinsically mm. uh, just to actually get started on something and to really uh, just put a word to the page or words to the page as those start tumbling out. Yeah. And then, uh, gosh, another tip I would say is, uh, you know, certainly um, be very, very uh, appreciative of your own voice. Mm. Um, I was previously in Toastmasters and one of the things I saw with um, uh, speakers and then later also with writers too, is they would try to emulate or copy uh, or refer to um, other great writers or speakers mm. and everything, which is great. Don't get me wrong. That inspiration is completely necessary. Um, but at some point you have to realize that you have to step away from who you want to follow and then carve your own path and the voice that comes out in that it might not be what you expected but it's yours mm. and that's what people are going to actually buy or buy into and want to hear more about so at some point um you know the uh training wheels have to come off and you have yeah. to actually speak your own voice and for everything that it's worth wow that's really good you know i was going to mention that because I, I remember reading that about you at the toastmasters so, I mean, you, you talked earlier about how uh, you sometimes kind of um, uh, are on the introverted side. Did uh, Toastmasters help with, uh, you know, just uh, your communication? Did it help with, you know, uh, how were you? I'm, I guess what I'm trying to ask is uh, I've met a lot of speakers, uh, musicians who are introverts, but they get on stage and they just come alive. You know, is that what you've experienced? You know, did Toastmasters help you kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit? I, I'd just be so fascinated with your experience there. Oh, absolutely. I, I was petrified when I first joined Toastmasters. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, actually, my motivation for that was uh, at the time, um, you know, professionally, I was stuck. Um, you know, I was uh, working for a temp agency. I certainly wanted to, um, you know, be in a more uh, rewarding environment uh, job-wise, even the day job. Um, so uh, I knew I needed to uh, stretch my wings. And I joined 
Toastmasters from a business perspective mm. to increase my professionalism. And what I actually found was it actually improved my storytelling because I was not only developing my own voice, but I had the privilege of listening to other people tell their stories. And I picked up an ear for, say, dialect and for just nuances that come with public speaking. And as I mentioned, you know, I was an aspiring screenwriter and I just like that, uh, let's just say appreciation that I developed with Toastmasters of also the creative side of putting together a speech. Uh, that's something that I cultivated in my time there. And now uh, I'm definitely a lot less nervous when it comes to public speaking. Yeah. Uh, the pandemic certainly didn't do many <laughs> uh, favors when it comes to public speaking since we're all holed up. But also uh, I'm revisiting the idea of joining another Toastmasters club now that things have started to open up again and actually seeing people in person. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that that's incredible. I mean, just even from a, you know, as a professional uh, point of view, it you know, I found that any investment you can do in your public speaking really does help so many avenues of your leadership and your your business career. Uh, and so Absolutely. to be able to do that is just uh, is just great. So w when it comes to collaborating, uh, I, I mean, a lot of you know, writing a when you like you've sat down, and you're writing a book. Do you have a team that you like ask questions to or bounce ideas off of or other authors that you're like, oh, this or do you kind of just get your head down and kind of get the story done and then wait till the editors, you know, kind of <laughs> do do all of their thing? Definitely um, the latter part, um, just being a, a busy dad and working from home and everything. Uh, it's definitely I'm focused um, on what. Uh, I have to produce, I'd say probably more than 90%. Um, I'm kind of within my own head, although um, I would say now I'm trying to uh, take advantage and find a more um, expansive network to help with my writing because I've been doing this for a little while and I also want to grow and to try to approach writing differently. Mm. Um, I've met uh, one or two author friends who are kind of in the same boat who are looking to expand their audiences and then uh, also looking to uh, be a little bit more open about sharing things in the beta stage and things that are a little bit more rough yeah. or raw so I can get some additional insights. So, um, and I've done that earlier before in my writing careers and different um, kind of spurts, so to speak. Again, the pandemic didn't help, uh, but now that things, um, yeah, seem to be a little bit more uh, accessible in person and even online, I should say, um, I'm exploring uh, new avenues in which to share my writing um, and to get and bounce ideas off of. Mm. Are there any places that you would recommend for aspiring writers, you know, uh, to, to go to, uh, to learn more about the craft or, um, you know, whether it's them starting their own blog or, you know, any, any tools or resources, anything that you'd say, Hey, if you want to be a, a writer, you know, check out these resources or start these habits. Yeah, um, uh, you know, certainly uh, I am a self-published uh, author and I would say uh, self-published, uh, self-publishing platforms are uh, definitely something that, uh, you know, it's very uh, low investment, something that you can just uh, go ahead and start and also see how others have started as well yeah. too, whether it be yeah. uh, Booksy is one, uh, Panana, Inkit, 
Um, those are just, you know, you can get started right away, but also see how other aspiring and uh, even working authors are using those platforms to grow their audiences. Um, that would be a great starting point. And one I wish I had back in the day in high school and uh, college, mm. uh, yeah, to kind of get started and just get myself out there in the world. But, uh, yeah, certainly, uh, that opens up, uh, um, so many possibilities uh, in I love that. terms of, yeah, finding your audience and finding yourself. Have you, um, have you read uh, your books to your kids? I'm, I'm always curious, uh, uh, are, are they not quite at an age yet where it would, it would, it would be good for them or, or, or is it? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, most of my, uh, uh, works are for young adults and above yeah. or like middle grade. Um, so they're kind of, uh, being an element early elementary school. Not, not quite there yet. yet. Yeah. Not quite there yet, but I'd say certain elements they're definitely into say, um, medieval fantasy and kind of are slowly exploring that. So I look forward to the day when I can, um, share my writing with my kids. And in fact, um, another side project, in addition to the six book series, um, I'm pursuing a nonfiction work, a memoir of sorts that is actually de dedicated to my two sons. Oh. So that is something that I want them to read one day when they're of age, because, you know, it's uh, of course near and dear to my heart. Oh, I love that. I love that. I had a podcast guest a couple of weeks ago who basically he's at the tail end, you know, he's, uh, just about to retire and all that, but he's like, what can I, what, what can I leave as a legacy for my kids? And he just spent time doing exactly what you're talking about. And what a, what a gift, what a treasure that will be for your family. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Any advice to the writer who's like, okay, I, I just gotta, I gotta hunker down, you know, write the book, but for whatever reason, lots of stuff has been, you know, stopping them. Anything that you had to overcome, figure out, you know, drown out the negative voices, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That internal chatter that you speak about those voices that, yeah. um, or anything else that might prohibit you. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many ways in which to, I guess, jump over that hurdle and get started. Um, uh, honestly starting small, like I kind of previously yeah. alluded to is a great, yeah. um, uh, great thing, but also, um, you know, I find, uh, not to get on my soapbox here, um, making sure that you're taking care of your mental health, mm. uh, which is not something that I think is, uh, kind of really, uh, advocated in the writing world, which I wish yeah. it was, um, because writing can be, um, a very, um, lonely experience, but also there's just things that come out in the creative process. Uh, I've gone through my own mental health journey and, things I never knew about myself before yeah. that I have kind of come back, come out of my writing. It's like, where did this come from? So, uh, certainly, uh, you know, being in a place where you can take on a long-term project, but also in that process, um, reveal things about yourself. Um, there is a mental health element to that. So mm -hmm. I would say, uh, you know, don't be afraid to explore that Avenue as well too, as you start something that is definitely a passion, definitely very personal to yourself. Mm. Oh, that's just absolute gold. One of the things we talk about pretty consistently on this podcast is how, if, you know, as communicators, if we're not healthy emotionally, mentally, physically, there's a, you know, pretty good exponential chance that what comes out of us is not going to be healthy. And so I just love that encouragement. Thank you for that. Well, uh, I, I feel like we could, I could kind of keep going forever because you've given us such uh, wisdom, but I want to ask you some 
kind of rapid fire questions just to let our audience kind of keep getting to know you. And uh, the, the first one would be, is there a writer that you, oh, they, you love them. That's like your number one writer. Like you go to them and you just can't wait for whatever they put out. Oh gosh. Um, you know, there's so many right now. Um, <laughs> well, I, yeah, that like I'm reading uh, through, um, I'd say, um, uh, gosh, um, I'm, I'm currently in the middle of Quiet by Susan Cain. Um, mm. I want to make sure I don't cross my um, authors or anything. Um, that's something that has really kind of pulled me in, especially being an introvert. Mm. Um, so yeah, that is uh, something. Um, also, I've been reading Annie Duke. Um, hmm. thinking in bets. So uh, right now my reading list is more on the nonfiction side, but I'm just really engrossed in uh, those writers and the titles that they're putting out because it provides me um, as a reader and a writer a different way, a different perspective of looking at things, hmm. things that I have come across in the world that and it's like, it never occurred to me, oh, that's how they view it. So yeah. I think uh, putting myself uh, behind a different lens um, those writers and the works they put out, that's what really is attracting me right now. Mm. Is there a podcast that you love that fills you up that's either, you know, development stuff or, you know, guilty pleasure stuff that you're just like, oh, I can't wait for the next episode to, to air? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, for a little while there, I was um, addicted to, I, I want to say the podcast is The Art of Masculinity, mm. which sounds very gender specific, sure. but... Uh, but the, the um, caveat to that is that um, some of the lessons or the takeaways from that I found, uh, well, not only um, interesting from a male perspective, but I, I felt like they touched upon a lot of things that could apply to other genders as well, mm. too. And it's just like really interesting. Again, kind of getting that perspective, whether I agree with it or not, sure. um, that is outside my own lens. Uh, that's what I really gravitate towards. And then, you know, my Spotify list is just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Last question. Uh, is there, um, uh, with your former screenwriting days, is there a TV show that, you know, is just, uh, you know, you, you just love the writing of this show, you know, that you're like, ah, you know, every episode is like just perfectly done. Oh boy, that's a long list. Um, <laughs> gosh, um, I am uh, in the middle of rewatching Justified, which mm. was a show on FX. Um, it, it, it's um, yeah, it um, ended a uh, years ago. But what I liked about that um, is uh, there was really a sensibility towards Appalachia. Mm. Um, my dad's uh, in West Virginia right now. Um, so, and kind of like picking up on that and kind of the coal mining community and everything yep. and how that was integrated into the show that really, uh, just kind of really pulled me in. And then some other, uh, gosh, what it turns, uh, to kind of the writing, um, I just finished the third season of Ted Lasso, which I thought, um, yeah, like the three seasons, I'm glad they kept it at three seasons. I'm sad that it's no longer, it's not going to continue, right. but I'm glad, you know, especially, yes. um, well, I won't do any spoilers, but some of the, the um, kind of, I think maybe the second to last episode um, really kind of pulled me in. It was like just how they kind of built that entire uh, world uh, was really intriguing to me. So that's something mm -hmm. that I've also appreciated. Oh, a fellow Ted Lasso fan. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much. You have given us, I mean, seriously, so much insight. Uh, especially as we're on this storytelling journey. Before I let you go, though, I want to make sure our listeners can 
you know, find out more about you, where's the best place for them to go online? And we'll put this in the show notes and then we'll put this in our email and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So uh, the best place to find me is my website, joshuakrutherford.com. I know it's a mouthful, uh, but there you can find uh, some of my uh, blog posts, uh, links to my books, as well as links to my social media handles. Um, all of it's like right there in a central place. And uh, you know, my titles can also be found on Amazon. Perfect. And like I said, we're going to we're gonna put those in the show notes. We'll put those in our uh, weekly newsletter and in our Facebook group. And for our Facebook community, we're going to be buying some of Joshua's books and doing some giveaways in the Facebook group as well. So we can't wait to uh, get some of those in your hands. Joshua, thank you so much for your time today. This was just incredible and just appreciate you being on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Jason. It was a pleasure being here. And yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, thank you again. And thank you again for being on the podcast uh, every single week. We so appreciate you, our listeners. Just want to remind you, every single like, every comment, every review on Apple or Spotify just means the world because those uh, Facebook and social media algorithms love to get it in people's hands once those reviews are there. So thank you again for doing that. Again, make sure you check out the Speaking People community group because every week we're doing giveaways of the incredible authors and leaders uh, their books and some of their writings that have been on the podcast. Thanks again for being a part. Hopefully you've been challenged, encouraged, inspired to elevate the importance and practice of healthy communication in your life and leadership. My hope is that our time today encourage you to speak with people and not at them. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.